Welcome to the Dream to Destination podcast. Around here, we believe that solo travel is the ultimate freedom. It is also one of the quickest paths to empowerment and personal growth. Have you been dreaming about it, but unsure if you have the confidence to travel solo? Well, I'm here to tell you that you most certainly do. How do I know? Easy. Because if I do, and millions of other women do, then so do you. Hi, I'm Shelly of TravelMexicoSolo.com. Join me here on this podcast each Monday to learn the tried and true tips, tricks, and mindset hacks that I used while traveling solo in Mexico for over two years. You'll also hear stories from other solo female travelers on how they transcended their fears and anxieties to step into their confidence and explore the world solo. So if you're ready to turn your dream of solo travel into your destination, then this podcast was made for you. Now let's dive in. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for listening. And I appreciate you for tuning in. So this is the second episode of the Dream to Destination podcast. And we are going to be talking about a subject that I think is very anxiety inducing for a lot of people. And it's eating out alone. So this could be while solo traveling or just in your everyday life. But if you've never eaten out alone, it, it could you know, stir up some like feelings of I can't do it and and all those kind of negative emotions. So this is actually based on a blog that I wrote called Eating Out Alone While Traveling, How to Overcome Your Fear. And what I do want to say before we even get started is that if eating out alone while solo traveling or while just in your day-to-day life is anxiety and fear inducing in you, you are not alone. You are in the right place to hear the right words. There is actually even a word, a scientific word for the fear of eating out alone. And let's see how bad I butcher it. So it's solomangarphobia. I think there's like 20 letters in this word. It's huge. But I'll link the blog in the show notes if you want to, um, if you want to head there and see this giant word on your phone screen or just you know to follow along with this blog but I've been solo traveling for over two years so I've eaten out alone a lot Um, and what I wanted to do with this blog was sort of reverse engineer what what it's like to go from never doing it to like 100% comfortable with doing it so if you've never heard that that term before reverse engineering is like so we're going to start at the the finish line let's say now I'm comfortable eating out alone and we're going to reverse engineer like what were the steps it took to get to the finish line because you can take those steps and implement them and then arrive at the same finish line I did you know we're both made of the same human stuff our our minds you know we have the same human brain like you can get there it might be some some steps might be harder for you some steps might be easier for you but 
you know, this is how we learn. We follow the same methodologies that worked for others and we implement the ones we can for ourselves. So when I first began traveling, I had never really eaten out alone, to be honest. So solo dining was not completely natural, but I have learned to transcend those thoughts that might come in of like, oh my God, people are judging me. What if I'm awkward with the server? Um, what do I do if, do I look at people in the eyes? Can I, do I play with my phone? What do I do? How do I look the coolest that I can possibly look? So I do just want you to know that even veteran solo travelers aren't always comfortable eating alone. Like those thoughts, I guess, come in here and there, but you know, you learn exactly what you need, how you need to switch that thought or flip the script on that thought, you know, to continue enjoying yourself. So how do solo travelers get comfortable eating out alone? Well, as the expression goes, practice makes perfect. So I like to tell people that if there is any way, if there was any way to get really good at something that wasn't by practicing, then we'd all be doing that. But practice makes perfect. And of course, nothing's perfect. So in reality, practice makes perfecter and easier and more comfortable or just kidding. Um, so now that we know that truth and that we know even people who have dined out alone many times, even they get, get anxious or uncomfortable or, you know, have moments of like, you know, insecurity, but you, you there are ways to train your brain to press on and just keep enjoying it and don't let those thoughts kind of consume you. So I wrote this blog with five tips and actionable steps to boost your confidence, to be able to dine solo while, while solo traveling or, you know, just in your hometown, which is a great place to start. And so these mental hacks are gonna literally be the game changers that you need. So also, this, this is a real fear. The solo mangarphobia, it's, it's not about being f afraid to physically consume food in public. It's about what are these people thinking? Is, that, is anyone judging me? Um, you know, it's the unshakable feeling basically that you're being judged by the other people, let's say in the restaurant or the cafe. And this makes sense because of a common misconception that being alone is a punishment. If you think back, you know, to your childhood, what was the punishment for, for misbehaving? And it was going to your room alone or going to sit in the corner alone. You know, alone was a punishment. It was never a choice. You know, believe it or not, we carry those kind of messages over into adulthood. They don't go away unless you know, you actively confront them. So we have to just, in, in general, change 
what we are thinking, change our default thought setting from being alone is bad to I'm empowered by being here alone. So that's where we're going to start. We're going to start by flipping the script on our thoughts from eating alone is bad to eating alone is empowering. So some common misconceptions about solo diners include this person is in a bad place. They must not have friends. This is a sad person. They were stood up by a date or a friend. And as someone for whom eating alone while solo traveling is quite common, after two years of solo travel, I can assure you of this. I am none of those things. I'm not in a bad place. I actually do have friends. I'm not a sad person. And I feel like being stood up by like a date or friend is something that like is, is it happens in the movies. <laughs> like maybe once in your entire lifetime will that happen. So something you'll see laid out in tip number one that we're just about to get to in detail is that quote unquote sad people rarely go out to eat alone. But you know who does? empowered, self-assured, self-confident people who aren't too concerned with what others are thinking. And by the way, and you already know this, strangers likely aren't thinking anything about you. They are thinking about their own life and whatever's going on that is definitely more important than the stranger five tables away from them. But, you know, we all do not need that reminder on occasion that yes, no one's thinking about you. Everything's Everything's not the way it is in your head. Just because you're thinking a thought does not make it the truth. So if you're ready to just completely fall in love with the empowering feeling you get from solo dining, especially while solo traveling, then let's, let's get into these five tips and techniques that you can use to get to solo dining. All right, let's dive in. Okay, so tip number one is called overcoming fear starts with you. What does this mean? It means, have you ever seen a woman eating alone and thought something along the lines of, oh, how sad, she's in a bad place. If even not one person will dine with her, she must have done some things wrong to anger everyone in her life. You know, something along those lines. Where in fact, this is where your own fear of eating alone comes from. You're judging others that way. So you assume others must be judging you that way. More than likely though, they're not. You know, I can't say it enough. It's all in your head. But in order for you to stop thinking that they are, you must first start by not thinking that way at all. These reasons why your default thoughts fall along the lines of, oh, how sad, is because that's the messaging that you receive from society, from childhood, like we just discussed. We're basically inundated with messages that no woman chooses to do anything solo. We're taught that if we're solo, it means no one wants to be around us. We're taught a solo woman diner is an undesirable thing to be. Ugh, yawn. Um, that is, yeah. That's, that's very outdated messaging. And 
hopefully in five years we're just not even going to think that way anymore. But here's the truth. If this hypothetical solo woman eating alone that we've been discussing was so sad about her own lack of dinner companion, wouldn't she just have ordered takeout and went home to like wallow in her sadness and like eat alone in her pajamas and you know there's a thing called uber eats like you know they pick up food and bring it to you when you're too tired or too sad or not feeling it like that's what you do to get food it's not like you must go out and be in public and be seen so just know that eating alone while traveling or in everyday life is a willful choice it's not a punishment so we're going to do a thought exercise where we take an initial thought and then we rewrite the thought. So here, here's the initial. Oh, how sad. She's in a bad place if not even one person will eat with her. And here's the revised. Look at this table for one queen. She eats when she wants, where she wants, and with or without who she wants. She doesn't even have to share her delicious food with anyone. She gets to eat her entire dessert by herself. <laughs> she is confident and self-assured. Though quite honestly, that's probably closer to the truth anyway. But that's, that's how we're going to start. We're going to start with ourselves and we're going to start with changing our own thoughts about solo dining being a punishment to solo dining being something that's a small step that's going to have huge impact on our own personal development and empowerment. Tip numero dos, number two, is stop assuming the worst outcome. So what, what does this mean? When we don't think we know how something will turn out, we assume the worst outcome. I have seen this referred to as catastrophizing. And this is honestly human nature. This is a defense mechanism that our brain has developed, which has actually led to the survival of our species. And there is a good reason for this. So the brain is a very old organ. It developed in the cavewoman times when the threat of physical dangers like saber-toothed tigers eating us was actually real. Our caveman selves and cavewoman selves had to assume the worst outcome because, in fact, there was somewhere close to us a saber-toothed tiger in the bushes. And if that animal attacked us, we would die, which is the absolute worst outcome. So, Nowadays, this defense mechanism still functions in much the same way, to keep you alive and safe inside of your comfort zone and away from danger, which leads me to the point of that whole saber-toothed tiger story. You've never eaten solo before, so you're likely assuming the worst outcome about it. Why? Because assuming the worst outcome is going to keep you safe and in your comfort zone and away from the new experience and the potential danger. Do know, however, that these thoughts are normal, but to overcome this, 
you have to consciously transcend those subconscious thoughts and that subconscious messaging from from your brain you need to essentially remember there are no saber-toothed tigers hiding in the restaurant or the cafe that you are about to go dine in you must disregard any thoughts that you have about your first solo dining experience and how it's going to go because you literally don't know you really don't know and even if you've thought it through hundreds of times it could still be the hundred and one way of how it could go so if you do nothing else recommended here you must especially give yourself permission for this brand new solo dining solo travel experience to go any way that it will go if you give yourself that permission to let the experience just unfold as it will you're you're solo you now you're already a solo diner like the rest of it is just you know the physical exercises that we're going to do but if you're not attached to an outcome you could do any i mean you can eat solo you can do anything you want at this point i can shut the podcast down but i'm not going to so <laughs> allow yourself the gift of disregarding that the worst case scenario assumptions and all the expectations you're putting on yourself better yet revise your expectations entirely using the following exercise so here here we go with this um this is an initial thought again and your suggested revised thought so initial thought this is going to be weird i mean how do i act should i look at people what if someone laughs at me the server is going to feel so awkward that i'm there alone and then i'm going to act awkward and then this whole thing is going to be horrible okay so now we're gonna revise that thought omg new experience how exciting it's not every day i get to do something for the first time and there's even delicious food at the end of this solo dining rainbow if this goes well that's amazing if not, I will have learned so much, and I am just so proud of myself right now. So it's pretty clear what we did there. We just revised the initial thought of words like awkward and terrible, horrible, the worst. And, you know, when we just put in words of, like, possibility, very proud of myself you know not attached to the outcome and then you're even reinforcing like there's even food <laughs> this experiment that i'm trying ends with like a delicious you know meal in a restaurant like even if it sucks like i get to like not have to cook for myself and clean up the mess today so win-win for you regardless of how the story ends number three is we're getting into sort of actionable tips like this is no longer just change your thoughts this is change your behaviors and start trying because like we said the only way to get good is by practice so we're going to baby step it but i want to just recap you know tip one and two because they're they're more thought changes and you know let's just refresh on those before we get into the actionable item items 
So tip one was that overcoming fear, overcoming your fear of solo dining starts with you. So now when you see like a woman or a, a diner eating alone, you know, you have to stop yourself from thinking, oh, how sad she's in a bad place. No one will eat with her because you must know that by you judging her that way, you're going to keep assuming others are judging you that way when more than likely they are not. And then tip number two, stop assuming the worst outcome, which is, you know, the, the defense mechanism our brain does to keep us from going out of our bubble and our comfort zone to essentially keep us safe. So because you've never dined alone, you're assuming the worst outcome when in reality you have no idea what the outcome is going to be. It could be much, much better than you expected if you just, you know, allow yourself that freedom. Okay. So tip number three is visualize yourself eating alone. So now, before we can even get you going out to eat solo, let's finagle as much comfort into this situation as we can. How are we going to do that? Well, with a cute outfit, of course. So pick out something nice to wear and plan to put some effort into your appearance because there are countless scientific articles that say when we look good, we feel good. Also, you've probably heard fake it till you make it a million times. So by deciding what you're going to wear, you're already starting to see yourself as a solo female diner who's also all about eating alone while traveling. In tip number four, you're going to decide on a place to eat. But before committing to that, let's do a little self-assessment. So everyone's fear of eating alone is going to be exacerbated or worsened by different conditions. So let's identify some of your deal breakers, which will help to determine the best place we can pick for your first solo dining experience. Some deal breakers to consider when selecting where to dine include some people hate crowded places, where to some people, the idea of being like one, one person in the sea of the crowd, you know, you blend in more, is more appealing. So are you someone who's going to be more comfortable in a crowded restaurant or someone who is going to be more comfortable in a, in a smaller um, a smaller restaurant with less people. So the same with a loud restaurant or a quiet restaurant. Again, like the, the loud noises for some might provide just the perfect amount of distraction that they need to get out of their own head and not be so much, you know, like anxious about, about being noticed, let's say, while eating alone, where for some people, you know, the quiet restaurant, the, you know, they say some, I've heard like the silence is deafening as an expression before too. So, you know, know, know where you fall on that spectrum. And then dark restaurants or light restaurants, you know, the same kind of thing in a darker kind of, uh, in a darker place, you know, you might be less seen if that's gonna affect your comfort. And some people wanna be, you know, somewhere with bright lights where like you might, let's say want to take a book or something like that as maybe, a, um, you know, a crutch that you might need to get through the meal, you know, in case you, 
you get a little too much in your own head and you need to want to be able to read. You know, there's all different kinds of reasons for, for picking one of those two options. So we're going to pick, do we want a crowded place? Do we want a loud place? Do we want a dimly lit place or, you know, bright lights place? For some people, you know, get real specific if you have something real specific in mind. For some people, a restaurant or cafe that only has parallel parking on the street is like a hell no. Like some people are just get really freaked out by parallel parking and that's just going to like send you down a spiral. So for others, anywhere with tables that are too close to one another would really be annoying. Like those tiny, cute little, you know, big city type cafes, like that would just ruin your day. Like you, you need some space between you and the, and the stranger next to you. But keep in mind that all of these things are valid. You're allowed to be like, that table's too close. That lighting is too bright. Like, you're allowed to do all of that. And we want, you should allow yourself to because the more of these kind of markers you identify, the easier it's going to be to pick the right place for you to have a successful solo dining experience. So think location, ambiance, the music they play, the food type. If there's some kind of like food, like if, if Lebanese food just can't, can't bring you any more joy than it possibly brings you, then you need to pick a Lebanese restaurant. If Thai food is what you live for, then that you know. If Eggs Benedict is your jam, we need to find the best Eggs Benedict in your city. So also indoor outdoor seating. Some people are much more comfortable being outdoors because you can people watch, you know, like someone will walk by with a cute dog and you can be like a cute dog and you'll talk for like, you know, 90 seconds and then they'll be on their way even down to you know the music they play you know do you does a certain restaurant play like every like the playlist of your dreams because that's gonna make you happier like what place puts fresh flowers on the table those kinds of things make you happier make all humans happier so as you're working up to becoming the solo dining champion of the world Let's rule out what you know will get on your nerves. And this way, you're as comfy as possible as we get to tip number four, the mental practice run. Okay, the fourth tip. It's called practice makes perfect-er because we all know the expression practice makes perfect but we all also know that there's no such thing as perfect. So practice makes perfecter. Okay. Have you heard of exposure therapy? You probably have. And that's because it's considered among the most successful known treatments for phobias. Meaning that the more you're exposed to the thing, the, the quicker you get over your fear. So say that this person exists in the world, <laughs> there's got to be one, and they're afraid of puppies. So what is the fastest way to get them to transcend their fear of puppies? And that's by being around puppies, playing with puppies, petting puppies, cuddling with puppies, seeing that puppies are in fact love. Puppies are love. So we're going to just apply that to the solo mangar phobia of solo dining 
And honestly, there's just no way to get good at something aside from practice. Otherwise, like I said, we would all be doing that instead of using practice as a means to get better. But there's not. So we're going to do some exposure therapy, meaning let's pick a place for you to go out to eat already. So I, I think lunch cafes tend to be far less intimidating for a first-time solo dining experience than a full-on restaurant. So I'm going to use the example of cafes. But if you have your eye set on a very specific dinner restaurant or, or you know, more fancier place is calling to you, then you, you pick that one. Just swap in your own visuals um, for every time I say cafe. Insert your, your restaurant of choice. So... If you're not driving, you might want to close your eyes for this part. We're going to do a little uh, mental visualization. And if you are driving, you can still do this. Um, just be safe, obviously. If, yeah, if you're alone, go ahead and close your eyes. And start to visualize yourself at your casualish, casualish, cutish, adorable little lunch or brunch cafe or restaurant if you're using that and think of a place you've been just dying to try but you haven't made it there yet for whatever reason picking this place even if it's just for this exercise is going to help because now you have some pre-existing anticipation that you can leverage for actually physically going there so you're already a little excited you're you're you know your neurons are firing, your synapses are firing, your hormones are excited. You have like, you know, probably some serotonin and dopamine, dopamine release. And you're, you're soaked. You're so happy. You're happy. You have a happy kind of a thought associated with this place. So now let's keep visualizing. Now you know where you're going. So go ahead and put on the cute outfit that you picked out in tip number three however if that outfit is no longer the one you want to wear to this particular cafe or restaurant swap it out for another but see yourself in the new outfit imagine everything from your makeup your lipstick color your are you wearing a headband are you wearing a hat are you wearing a ponytail are you putting a braid in your hair is it going to be a half up half down hair situation um, are you going to wear jewelry? Are you going to wear a purse? Or do you need a book bag? Because maybe you're going to bring a book in, a, in your laptop. Uh, what shoes are you going to wear? Everything. Just go into as much detail as you can for exactly, exactly what you want to wear to this cafe or restaurant. So before you mentally leave to the restaurant look in the mirror at yourself and take inventory of everything exactly how you want to look but also take a second to remind yourself how proud you are of yourself for doing this if you want if this works for you you can employ a mantra um, i'm going to recommend one that i love that i've been using a lot lately and it's we can do hard things um, it's not from the author Glennon Doyle, but in her book, uh, Untamed, she says this mantra a lot. And she also says she saw it on, on a poster at the school she worked at in another teacher's classroom. So we can do hard things. 
from source unknown, but you can do hard things. You have done hard things. This might be a hard thing, but you can do hard things. And you have. You've done much harder things than going out to eat. So I like that one because like whatever the situation is, you've done something harder. So you know you can do hard things. Or change out the mantra. Whatever you want will work. So now let's let's leave the house and let's start getting to this restaurant or cafe. So what are you going to do? Are you going to walk? Are you going to ride your bike? Are you going to take the subway? Are you going to drive yourself there? Whatever way you're going to get there, pay extra attention while you're en route to some of the things that you love along the way. That that could be some pretty flowers in someone's yard or a really cool cloud formation or some chick has like the most amazing outfit ever on in the subway or someone's really cute corgi dog is walking by you or you know put in your headphones and listen to a certain song that you just love that just can't possibly put you in a better mood so all these things are going to just contribute to your brain thinking that you're super happy you're super stoked on life this is definitely a fake it till you make it (laughs) Um, visualization so now you get to your spot and I want you to pick out the exact table you want if you're more comfortable by the window you need a window table if you want to be in the back where it's probably quieter a little more chill then you need to ask for a table in the back For some people, outdoor dining is awesome because it gives like a welcomed distraction of people watching and just being in the fresh air. Um, But as they say in real estate, location, location, location. If the exact table you want is not available, then you need to wait. Now, don't, you know, be, don't be, don't take this too far. I mean, if there's a 90 minute wait for your table for whatever reason, you know, you might want to consider another table. If there's a 15 minute wait, then you should wait for your table. You should have this, this uh, first time solo dining experience be the solo dining experience of your dreams. So now as soon as you're seated at your dream table, just sit down, take a second and breathe. Yay, we made it to tip number five, the the last tip of this podcast. And tip number five is called get out of your own head. So where we left off in tip number four was, you know, you had just sat down, taken a second to breathe and go ahead and just do that again. Take another second to breathe. You, You can never breathe enough, really. Then take another second to again remind yourself how proud you are of yourself for doing this. That's something you can also never do too many times. If you're using a mantra, go ahead and repeat your mantra a few times silently to yourself in your head. Mine is, we can do hard things. We can do hard things. We can do hard things. And get comfortable. You know, shift around for a second if you have to. Um, anything you need to get physically comfortable in your, in your seat, in your, at your dream table. And then get excited. Just try and switch your your thoughts and your emotions and your emotional state 
like picture it in your head happening picture what it feels like to shift from okay i'm calming myself down to now i'm making myself get excited and get excited you don't have to jump up and down but you know feel the feelings you feel when you're excited smile um if you want i i, I never feel great telling another woman to smile but science does tell us that it is an instant confidence booster if you smile it tells your brain you're actually happy so smile if you want it works but i'm not going to tell another woman she needs to smile <laughs> i do not enjoy when anyone says that to me so take a look around notice the other diners uh, make eye contact see who makes eye contact back smile at them if you're doing the smile thing um, feel comfortable enough to to do things like ask your server for food and drink recommendations like be in your place of power uh, ask your neighbors if they've ever been to this cafe before compliment someone's haircut around you who has a nice haircut or maybe their shoes maybe their book bag maybe ask someone oh what is that book you're reading if they're not like fully nose into the book and not trying to talk if they are don't talk to them talk to somebody else if you want basically do all of the things people who have no fear of solo dining do act like you're one of those people because honestly at this point in this very minute you actually are one of those people it might be your very first 30 seconds as a solo diner but you are actually now a solo diner so you can start acting like one and this is amazing uh Congratulations, because this is huge, especially if you've had a phobia of it and you've taken the steps to, to overcome it. That's amazing. You should, again, remind yourself how proud you are of yourself. This is huge. Um, mentally high-five yourself or even, you know, if you want to go there, physically high-five yourself if you want because solo diners generally are not, like, caring too much about what other people around them are thinking. So I think if you want to high-five yourself, that's that's pretty that seems pretty okay. One high five seems okay. If at any time you start losing this high, this great feeling of, you know, how proud you are of yourself, or if you start getting nervous, anxious, etc., go back to your mantra, we can do hard things as needed. Go back to breathing as needed. Close your eyes for count to 10 do a reset. You're allowed to do all of those things. You're, you should be doing everything you need to do to make yourself comfortable in these first few moments of doing a brand new thing. Because honestly, what you're feeling is normal. Like, how could you do a brand new thing, especially when you're nervous about, and feel just totally comfortable the second you start doing it? It would be weird if you weren't feeling a little out of sorts you should be and just you know lean in as much as you can so in the event that your mantra and your breathing and closing your eyes and counting to 10 and everything we just talked about is not working picture everyone naked now <laughs> this mental technique has been employed for years to overcome the number one fear that there is in existence and that's actually fear of public speaking. So I've read some articles that say people even fear public speaking more than their own death, which, which seems crazy, but 
you know, we, that's just, I guess maybe it's part of our human nature in this current society. You know, we are so scared to do something wrong or look weird or be ridiculed or et cetera. So picture everyone naked. Now, the effectiveness of this technique is hotly debated, but for those who swear by it, the reason it works is this. It takes you out of your head, which is where the fear lives. If you'd rather everyone keep their clothes on, you can get out of your head in other ways too. So one fun way to to get out of your head while keeping everyone fully clothed is to make up fake lives and fake stories for all the people around you, you know, sordid love affairs and professional scandals and, you know, any rom-com storyline will probably work, you know, so look at that guy over there, you know, blue shirt, four tables away. He just took a job in France and he's planning to move there with his wife And the flight leaves in three hours, but he is in love with her sister, but she is in love with his brother, you know, you know, you get the idea. And then you can do that for as many people as you need to until you're, you're out of your own head. And now you're just invested in these fictitious stories of drama. So if none of the above is working, then... There's always just taking some time to read a book or to play on your phone. That's totally fine. You're not like cheating by playing on your phone or burying your head in a book for a little bit. Should you at any time feel overwhelmed, know that there's no shame in that. Just play on your phone for a minute. If you need Candy Crush, Use some, do some Candy Crush. If you want to just like scroll Instagram, scroll Instagram. If you read New York Times articles, read New York Times articles. Whatever you need to do to get you to complete your solo dining experience is what you need to do. You know, there's no, there shouldn't be any, like, this is the wrong way to do it. Like, there's no wrong way to do it. The goal is completion of solo dining for my first time. So, however you do that is totally fine. So in the event that you did pull out your phone or your book and, you know, kind of play around for a little bit with that, congratulate yourself at the end of this meal. If you went through the whole meal without playing on your phone, congratulate yourself at the end of this meal. Really, it doesn't matter how you got through your first dining, solo dining experience, only that you did it. And now you've done it. And always, always, always remember, you can do hard things. Congratulations on making it to the end of the blog. And hopefully you work through some of those those tips, especially the ones where, you know, you're closing your eyes and you're visualizing and you're, you're doing a physical run through of what it's going to be like to go out to dine yourself um those are it's actually really powerful stuff to be able to visualize in your mind and then manifest it physically i know if you've never done anything like that before you know you don't know the power of of visualization you know it can be i guess it can be a little weird but you know like anything practice makes perfect er but if this if this podcast and my tips resonated with you for solo dining, 
and you want to take it to the next step and check out the tips on overcoming solo travel fears, then head to the link in the show notes to a free download that I have, which is called Afraid to Travel Alone, Breakthrough with These Six Powerful Tips. And it's going to follow much the same format as this podcast. There's going to be tips and techniques and, you know, um, mental hacks and actionable items to get you more comfortable with overall solo travel. So travel can be overwhelming in itself. Solo travel for the first time can be incredibly overwhelming, but like many people currently, you're fine. You know, you might be finding yourself in a unique situation and that's wanting to travel and borders are certainly starting to open up for travel again and having no one to travel with. So solo travel might be on your agenda more so than it's ever been before. And if you want sort of a fast track way to work through some of the normal fears really and anxieties that are going to come up for for a first time solo traveler, you'll definitely want to download this free guide. Um, It's amazing. It's some of the tips and techniques I have used myself. So I know that they work and These are just things that also make the rounds in personal development communities that many people use to to break through their fear and fully enjoy and embrace every situation they're in from solo travel to everyday life. So we're going to link that in the show notes and please go ahead and download that. Or if you know another woman who is thinking about solo traveling soon, you link her to that. Uh, I would really, really appreciate that. This guide is like super awesome. It's actually my favorite, my favorite free download that I've made. And I actually do have four. So go ahead and check that out. Check them all out. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Goodbye. That's our episode for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I sincerely hope that you're starting to see just how achievable your solo travel dreams are. If this episode resonated with you and you know other women it will resonate with, please share it with them. Let's grow a supportive community of both aspiring solo female travelers and solo travel veterans so we can learn from and more importantly, empower one another. Ready to join the community? Head to our private Facebook group called Dream to Destination and let's chat. If you're also curious about my solo travel adventures in Mexico, then you'll want to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at Travel Mexico Solo for both. On the socials, I share all of my colorful Mexico photos, my destination recommendations, and links to my related Mexico travel blog posts each and every day. All the social media pages I just mentioned are linked in the show notes. Thank you once again for being here. I appreciate it so much that you're supporting the Dream to Destination podcast. But as a brand spanking new podcast, I will ask you to please, please, please help me spread the word. How can you help with that? It's super easy. Hit subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. 
by doing those quick four things, you're going to be helping other women find us and go on to achieve their solo travel dreams as well. Until next time, dream on.